You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. We have a wonderful show in store for you today on one of my favorite topics, and that's talking about archetypes. I have a deep appreciation for archetypes and uh, uh, we have a real expert on the show today to talk about them with us but first of course we have our um, section from my book everyday awakening uh, which uh, we will get to right away Um, and this week's section is entitled all our preparation is for the moment we haven't prepared for We prepare for all sorts of things. We prepare the best we can. We practice, rehearse, and go over things again and again. And then the day comes when we have to let it all go because we've prepared enough. We've memorized all we can. We've done the best we can to be ready for the moment. Whether it is for a speech, a book launch, an interview, or a presentation, It does not matter what we have prepared for. It is all the same. When that moment comes, when we must step forward and perform, it is time to be present, to listen to that voice inside of us that tells us exactly what to do, to be in the moment and drop all the rules, all the formulas, and really be with whatever is in front of us. It is time to be fluid. For all the plans in the world could not have prepared us for this moment. This moment when things don't go according to plan. This moment when things don't work the way we expect. This moment when suddenly we have to deal with something we have never thought of. This black swan event. That's when all the preparation kicks in. Not to tell us exactly what to do but to give us the confidence to figure out what to do when we never thought of this moment. Now is the time our, um, 
Uh, now is the time we step into action before we have a chance to think about it. Now is the time our body moves without our thought because it has been preparing for this moment for so long. We don't have to be perfect. Indeed, we live in an imperfect world, so nothing is ever perfect. Yet we can respond to the situation the best we can because we have pe prepared for, for everything else. Now we perform because that is what we are designed to do. That is what we want to do. That is what has motivated us from the beginning. And regardless of what happens, it will be perfect because we will learn and grow from it. And we will be even more prepared for the next time. So where in your life have you prepared enough? Where can you just show up and allow all the preparation you've done to serve you? And where do you need to prepare some more? So this section of my book, and, it, and it's really kind of funny in the way that um, I wrote this long before uh, the pandemic hit. Um, um, this, and this section kind of came to me after having a conversation uh, with my mentor around preparing for ceremonies and preparing to work with people and do stuff. And he made some comment like, you know, all you can do is prepare the best you can and then just show up and just trust that your preparation will take care of you. And I really kind of thought of that. And I reflected back on just various things through my life And, and how many times things didn't go according to plan? How many times, you know, you prepare for a speech, you prepare for an interview, you prepare for all kinds of stuff. And you prepare so much and then, and then something happens that kind of takes you out of what you expected, your, your plan. And somehow, some way, it's like this innate sixth sense kicks in. And even though something goes wrong, even though the mic nuts not working, even though the internet's not working, whatever is going wrong, somehow we find a way to flow with it. Somehow we find a way to move forward, even though things didn't go according to plan. And I really kind of sat with this and reflected on it about how much the preparation is not really all about making sure everything goes perfectly, because nothing ever does go perfectly. It's really about being prepared for that moment when things don't work right, being prepared for when that unexpected, unthought of thing happens. And knowing what to do, knowing which way to turn, knowing who to call, knowing just what to do in the moment, because we've prepared so much, we have the confidence to deal with what's now right in front of us, which is completely unexpected. And, and that's really what this section of my book is all about. It, it's about being ready to deal with the unexpected because we've done the best we could to prepare. And you can't prepare for 
every single unexpected event. So we just do the best we can with what we have. And when the unexpected shows up, we're ready for it. I mean, really, we're not ready for it because otherwise it wouldn't be unexpected. But it's the internal preparation that brings us to the point where we have enough confidence to be able to go on stage, to be able to show up, to be able to work on whatever project, to do whatever it is that we need to do and do the absolute best we can. So um, wonderful little section from my book. I think more apropos today than it was when I wrote it probably four or five years ago. Again, the title of this section was All Our Preparation is for the Moment We Haven't Prepared For. And you will find this in my book, Everyday Awakening, which you can get, of course, at www.everydayawakeningbook.com. Um, hope you enjoyed it. And um, now uh, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show, author, speaker, and success coach, Pad. He's one of these people like Madonna, only has one name. Pad is the creator of Team Me, a simple model of human psychology that rapidly identifies the drivers behind our decisions and behaviors. It pinpoints precise challenges to be overcome and maps a course for extraordinary transformation. He coaches business leaders and executive teams across the globe and has been featured on BBC World Service, ITV, Radio 5, and Premier Radio, and quoted in The Guardian, Telegraph, and Independent. Based in London in England, he is currently conducting remote team analysis and training for executives teams seeking to elevate performance, optimize team function, and resolve internal tensions. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Pad. Hey, Sam, thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. It's wonderful to have you. Nice to have you join us from across the pond, as they say. Um, so I'm curious. I, I mean, as we met and I got to know you, I see I've learned how much of an expert you are at this funny thing we called archetypes. And so I'm just wondering if earlier in life, was there some kind of inkling, some kind of indication that like this kind of thing or this type of thing would blossom for you later in life? Well, not early on, I must admit. Okay. Um, we, <laughs> we're all used to, we, we all get captured by those characters in the movies and in books. You know, when I was a young kid trying to get to grips with Lord of the Rings or C.S. Yeah. Lewis or something, wonderful classic characters. But every classic movie and story has these characters that really do kind of tug at our heartstrings yes. and there's a reason for that and we're going to talk a little bit i'm sure about that later on yeah. um, my own journey was was very much through sort of creative forms to start with so i in primary school as we called it um i was always the guy who did the drawings you know out of the class um, and won the competitions and all the rest because I just drew and drew and drew and drew. And, uh, you know, I, I love drawing. I wasn't so good at characters, really, but I was definitely off in the fantasy realms. So myths were always very important to me. And when Star Wars came out when I was just a young lad, mm -hmm. um, that just totally captivated my heart, combining sci-fi concepts with these classic characters which are if you're familiar with it and many people listening would be 
ties in with the hero's journey, journey that yes. like Joseph Campbell defined very, very specifically. George Lucas took the story of the hero's journey and put it into a film, you know, and, and that's where I was captivated by those myths, but I went through creativity and I got caught up into the whole music world as a writer and a composer and played in bands and composed for other people and all sorts. So that was my journey. And as that evolved, it's probably several, a couple decades of doing that before I realized that actually there are things that explain what makes us tick as individuals and that explains the differences between our perspectives as one person looks at something from one angle somebody else looks at it from another angle and, and they, they bring some different values into the situation i started getting fascinated by those dynamics and that's really where my journey started to delve into this whole world of archetypes and then what kind of got you to make that shift from really being focused on all this creative stuff to becoming a coach an executive consultant and somebody who like works with organizations to, to help them improve because you don't normally think of creative people kind of making that shift do you it was an uncomfortable shift for me to start with because i was quite happy in a music studio uh, and when everybody left, I was still happy sitting there with the machines, messing with the music and the consoles, and I didn't need the people around. So I was one of these reclusive um, creative types who was more than happy just to get on with it myself, produce the, the final product, um, was very sensitive to criticism, didn't like anybody hearing it before it was just perfect. <laughs> and, um, and I didn't really get the people thing. Now, later in life, I realized that a lot of that was probably me being defensive, being uh, feeling not wanting to feel vulnerable. Uh, there's all sorts of reasons behind that. Um, but initially, yeah, it's absolutely right. That's where I came from. And I kind of had to be dragged out of that into a world where I genuinely began to see other people's pain and need and thought there's I, I kind of need to get into that space to help them out so there was a desire for me to help other people I wish the music itself would have just zapped them and taken them into a different realm of consciousness um, but I realized that actually it was through very deep conversations that this work had to happen Mm, wonderful and at the same time when i was in in the working world um I, I often found that the managers and the directors who were in charge of my time would often throw at me the problem kids or the problem people in the in the company uh -huh. um, so as i moved out and transitioned from the musical world into um digital uh, you know internet stuff um, they would often throw them, I don't know what they saw in me, but they realized that I had the ability to help somebody from where they are to where they need to be. And that was the sort of slow uh, transition for me. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right. Great. Well, it's time for us to take our first break. When we come back, um, I want to kind of understand a little bit of how you kind of came up with this whole uh, system you have around archetypes. Um, what kind of observations you made, and then we'll get kind of deep into like, what is it all about? How do we use it? And how, do, how can people apply it in their daily life? Okay. Brilliant. Yeah.
Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening. Oh, and I do see loyal listener Patty on the Facebook Live. Thanks for tuning in. You'll let us know if you have any questions during the show. Hopefully our other loyal listeners will check in soon too. Um, so you're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We do this live every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc and all over Facebook uh, at our various uh, Facebook pages. And we will be right back after these messages. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We're speaking with Pad uh, today all about archetypes. Um, so, Pad, how did you, uh, once you started working with people, and I understand, like, you, you get into these deep conversations, you get into sort of the psychology of things behind it, but what sort of brought you from that into this world where you really got the power and decided to focus on this whole topic of, of, of archetypes? Yeah, so I, I did a number of trainings and coach certifications, including NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. <clears throat> I went up to kind of trainer level, so I'm officially a certified as a trainer of NLP, but I didn't go out and teach it. I just absorbed those tools myself and started taking those in. I kind of found that it was like having a big toolbox with me that when I was dealing with somebody, there might be the right tool to bring into the right sort of situation. But I began to feel after a couple of years of doing that, that there was a, a missing layer um, 
to this whole business of helping somebody move forward in their lives. So if you've got, I mean, in the UK, we have our MOT for our cars. So we go in and every year they go through a series of checks and if something's broken, they fix it and charge you for it. And then they say, yep, it's roadworthy and off it goes. So the NLP sort of toolkit is like the tools necessary to fix the car and get it on its road, but it does nothing to tell you about the way it's being driven. And that was the piece that I suddenly realized was missing with the people that I'm talking to. I had no way of helping them understand the way you're driving your life is causing you problems um, or you're fine. But when you're dealing with this type of person, your usual way of doing things, it's just not the way to drive with them or alongside them. And so you're going to have to adapt and be aware that this is the way they do things. And so this was important with couples uh, counseling and therapy. Um, but it was also really important in terms of people's career progression, because what got them to that level wasn't necessarily what was going to get them up to that next level. Right. And so that was my my starter of realizing there was a challenge here and I could I hadn't got my head around it. And just in my I, I just constantly listen to books, read books. I, I'm just uh, ferocious when it comes to learning. And I stumbled across the work of uh, Robert Moore and Douglas Gillette. And they were talking about the king, the warrior, the magician and the lover characters that uh, sit in deep in the psyche of a, this. They were focused on the masculine sense of identity. And even back in the 80s, they began to realize there was an erosion taking place of some really quite important uh, forces that, that really need to be balanced out in a man's life. And they also recognized what happens when these characters get under stress and, and uh, get into trouble. And so as I looked at that, I thought their model's brilliant, but it needed some adaptation. Uh, there's a couple of other characters that they needed to, to bring in to make this a, a holistic viewpoint and also to make sure that it didn't just apply to the men, but it accounted for females. And to be honest, any gender that presents itself now that we are able then to use a new model, the Team Me model, which has six characters. They cover three left brain types, three right brain types, and it is universal because it base, it's based on these archetypal characters that have been around forever. And so it has no bias to it. And that's one of the, the most powerful things about the system. So, so just for our audience who maybe aren't as familiar with this, this whole concept of archetypes and maybe some of Joseph Campbell's work, what is an archetype? Well, I think we're all familiar with stereotypes, although even then it's a hard thing for a lot of people to even define what a stereotype is. Um, but stereotypes are those personalities, a, a type. Well, let's look at the word type to start with. Um, a, a type is a form. So when a typewriter came out, it was the first machine that would create for an individual. We had printing presses before and they had type in them too, a fixed right exact shape for every letter every time that letter appeared it would be exactly the exactly. same as the last time it was produced compare that to cursive writing people's handwriting which is all we had up until the printing press and the typewriter um and and you know an f would look quite different from one person to another so it was the right letter but it wasn't necessarily the same type so it's a fixed form and we're all used to the term prototype as being the first right. model of something new but it's a you know the model it's a fixed form so um 
an archetype. The arc bit is the same arc that we get in archaeology or archives, which means it's the old stuff. <laughs> so a, a stereotype has to have been around for a certain amount of time to have become uh, socially uh, accepted as a term. So a New York cabbie is, can be seen as a stereotyped character. Apologies right. to any cabbies listening to this. Being like <laughs> You're very different to every other cabbie out there. I'm sure you are. Uh, but to Joe Public, we, we often group people together. You know, a, a, a graduate techie, and we immediately have the idea of a ponytail and a, and a, and a rough beard and, right. uh, and probably hasn't washed for a couple of days. So, you know, these are stereotypes. But the thing about an archetype is you can go to any nation uh, at any t time in history mention these characters and they'll know what you're talking about whereas uh, if you go to the tribes in papua new guinea and you mention the techie and the ponytail they'll just go like yeah what are you talking yeah, about they've got no grid for it but they all have a grid for the king and queen yeah they all have a grid for the mystic or the magician they've all got a grid for the lover or the caring type um they've all got a grid for the jester and so these characters are archetypal. They've been around forever. And it's not just that we recognize them out there with other people and in the movies that we've mentioned before, but there's a little bit of every one of them inside every one of us. It is coded into us as individuals. And the only real question is, well, which are the stronger ones and which are the less strong? Mm, I see. I see. So, so, and, and they're, they're also considered, I guess, archetypes because they transcend not only culture, but time as well. Like we can see them in the past. We, we can see them sort of playing out. You can pick different characters throughout history and you can see the, the different archetypes at play with those famous individuals too, right? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So it is a timeless thing. So that, you know, the Romans writing their plays for their theatres would strong, or the characters would strongly represent these archetypal forms. Um, and very often, if you're watching a movie um, and you get so far in the movie and you start feeling like there's something wrong, and then suddenly a character appears that is strongly with the archetype that was missing. <laughs> and, and wow, suddenly it's up a notch. You're into a different game. And, uh, you know, we saw this for, for those of you who are Trekkies, uh, I sometimes forget the names, but I mean, you had strong archetypal characters in the, in the original Star Trek series. Yeah, yeah. When New Generation came out, it was very interesting that the playwriters quite specifically found gaps in the original, uh, especially the trilogy of Spock, Rhodes and Kirk. They said, well, right. hang on, these are all... Um, you know, they're, they're all male to start with, which is a bit of a challenge. You know, all the females are kind of lower down in the pile. They have to correct that. But right. also, the fact there was no mystic amongst them. And there was no right. individual jester. They, the only jesting they had was at, right at the end of the program when there was a little bit of an interplay between them. And that was kind of funny. But there was no jester character in there. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so you had these other, the other Star Trek um, series that developed later started introducing the empaths and the telepaths and the, the, the mystical weird ones who yeah, had an, yeah. a, an understanding of reality that was beyond just emotion even and just and beyond the rationalism of spock and the logical stuff and even yeah. the structural kind of direction of kirk as being the king who the boss who set the direction Right. So it was interesting to see that come in as well. Uh, they're there throughout history, uh, no doubt at all.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm curious, just we have a couple of minutes before break of when you discovered this, these archetypes and you began to see sort of how they interplay and you started to use them to help you to counsel people and to work with people, what was the initial reaction to it? Did, did Were people kind of uh, skeptical of it? Did they embrace it right away? Was it a little bit of a challenge to really get people to accept these ideas? When I was working with individuals, I never had a problem with it because I'd immediately say, talk to me about your favorite movie characters. And, and then, oh. you're okay, and then I'd be thinking, okay, they need a bit more of this one. So what do you think of this one? And I'd listen to their response and reaction and we could work with that. Mm. I must admit, when I took it to some corporates in the early days, they saw these cartoon-like characters and they just went, it's a bit twee, isn't it? You know, we'd rather work with some professional system. I said, let me show you the power of this and then we can talk about it. So there was a little bit of resistance to start with, um, but it's, it's quite easy plug into the depths because we've all got it you can yeah. find that energy in somebody and you could draw it out from them and show them what a difference it actually makes when they start to show up in a different way right and about how long now have you been doing that how long have you been working with organizations and people using this system so i've had the company uh, come alive success coaching for 10 years um and okay. the first half of that was individuals after mm -hmm. that we started working with companies and teams where it really took off Wow. Wow. So 10 years. So you have a lot of experience under your belt of working with this system with, pe with people in different situations. So I take it you, you've had a real chance to see how people respond to it, the effectiveness of it and the power behind it. Yeah, I mean, it's extraordinarily effective and it, it works in maximum security prisons and primary schools and boardrooms in equal measure because you you just mentioned the word warrior. People know what you're talking about, mm -hmm. whereas you go in with some other profiling system and there's value to all of them. But, mm -hmm. you know, I'm an INTJ. Yeah. But sorry, <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. And the guy in the cell two blocks down certainly doesn't know what that means. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, it's something something about these archetypes, which is much more primordial. It's much more mm. almost ge genetically encoded within us because it's been such a part of humanity since the beginning of history. Yeah, and therein lies its power. But it's yeah. also a lot of fun. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Okay, it's time to take our next break. When we come back, I'd like to to maybe have you relate maybe some situations. You don't have to get specific with names or anything of like like some common situations that you see come up a lot where where you introduce this kind of archetype system and how that kind of helped to resolve some situations so that we can really relate the power of this to people so they get a bit of a sense of how it works and how they can use it, okay? Yeah, that would be wonderful. Great. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with Pad, the man with no last name. <laughs> and we will be right back after these messages. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? 
Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. So, Pat, we've been talking about these, you know, giving people the background for these different archetypes. Let's kind of dig into it and maybe give some case studies, some examples of how we can use these different archetypes. You mentioned the king, the queen, the the jester, the warrior, the magician. Uh, can you give us an example of how you uh, helped somebody who who was able to then apply them in, in a maybe a challenging situation? So one fabulous example um, was with a girl, I'll call her Sally, um, and she came to me uh, saying, I think I need some coaching because I'm working in a sales department for uh, a tech company. And uh, I have just, I've missed two of my sales targets. So two quarters, I've missed Mm -hmm. my sales target. You basically, third time, three strikes and you're out. So I've got to hit my sales target this time round. I have to make this job work. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm just feeling like I, I need to make it work. How do I do that? Right. Yeah. And so um, I'm not really a sales coach, but I said, let's go back to what really makes you tick and fires you up. And we discovered that, you know, with, with sales Um, you really do need quite a strong warrior spirit because you're going to be knocked down. You're going to have to keep going in the face of rejection a lot of the time. You need to be pretty articulate. You also need enough of the lover, the warmth to be able to connect with people. And we've all met salespeople who lack that. Um, And we just don't want to hang around them. So there's a balance of these archetypal characters that we have to have if we're going to be effective in sales. But her strongest archetype was the mystery. (laughs) and we Uh, said okay well that might explain that's where you go to you're much more in the transformational space you want to transform things you don't just want to take this fixed package and make it work for that person discuss it and you know all the stuff you have to do with sales she was fine with the lover connection the warmth and all the rest but she didn't have that persistent drive to making things happen the way that a salesperson pretty much needs um, she was very strong with this mystical character. And uh, and I said, well, hey, what would happen if the mystic really, really ruled the show? 
and she said, well, I'm, I'm kind of not trying to let her do that um, because it's not really effective, but I can't help going there. And I said, well, let's push it all the way. And she said, I, I don't know if this is the way to go. And I said, let's play. And we started to look at how she could uh, assess her situation from the mystics point of view. Now, the mystics throw out the rules to start with, <laughs> a little bit like the jester, but they also have a dream of something better and they want to transform. So she just said, okay, if I, if I did have the authority and the wisdom to implement this, yes, there's a lot of things I'd want to change here. And it was interesting because the first thing that came up for her was there was a competition that they set up to help everybody just, uh, you know, it was fun competition, but there was learning in it as well about improving their sales and finding new ideas. And they broke them all up into groups. And she just said, this is my chance. And she basically stood up in her little team. And she would never have normally been given that platform. She wasn't anybody influential in, the, in that situation. And she said, right, everybody, this is what we're going to do. So it was like her mystic queen stood up, took charge and said, we've been given these rules. Let's throw them out. <laughs> That's a risk. But that's what she did. She said, how about we do this and this and this? She got feedback from the team. They approached it. They presented something really rather different to what team A, B, C, and D did. They being E, the last one in the queue, the least worthy of, of this prize in everybody else's eyes, won the competition. And so uh -huh. suddenly they're elevated and she's elevated because she did something which was true to her strengths. And it, it led the team and they were inspired by that. But we had to get her to that place where she felt a confidence about that rather than I'm not a very good warrior. I'm not a very good warrior. I need to be more warrior. This is hard, you know. So that was her story. That was the first step for her. So, so it's kind of like leaning into your strength as opposed to doing something outside your comfort zone. Mm. So this is the balance is because I believe that we are all different for a reason. Um, and we should really try and find uh, something in life to do which is centered around our strengths. But I don't think about skills and knowledge. I think about your character type first. Mm. Um, and so I can quickly do a profile with people and understand this person is born to lead. And we've just got to balance mm. those other things up in order to make sure that she does this in the right way. Or this person is definitely strong with the connecting lover type. Well, then how do you make money out of that? <laughs> okay, well, we've got to build in enough structure, enough value for people, not just lovers become martyrs very quickly and just spend themselves out. Uh, and so right. every mm. one of these characters has a potential strength and a potential weakness as well. At the same time, we do need to be aware of the weaker characters and ensure that either we are putting some effort into making sure that we're not completely useless with those areas. Uh, B, it's the finances. So my first hire was an accountant. I was like, give that to them, but I still need to know enough. I'm not abdicating. I still have enough sovereign in me to say I'm still responsible for what they do. So they feed back to me every month how it's going, what they're doing with the money <laughs> so that uh the you know so i'm not i'm not relying on a weak weak area that would just drain me out and bore me silly 
Um, but at the same time, I'm not abdicating it. I've actually learned a lot by hanging around with them as well. Does that make some sense there about that yeah, sort of balance? I, I, I got you. So it's it's knowing what your strength is, knowing what your weaknesses are, and 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 kind of shoring up your weaknesses by by learning a little bit about them. But it doesn't mean you fully embrace them. It's more like you 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 fully embrace what you're you're strongest at, but you you have the I guess the fluidity to be able to go between them when necessary. Yeah. So there are some people that as soon as I see their archetypal profile, I can see they're all fairly even, you know, there's oh, no yeah? big dips down at the bottom because we just simply do a measurement of zero to 10 with each of these uh, characters and immediately okay. it gives me a visual impression of how this person does life. Um, hmm. And so, but when you see somebody who's fairly even, you know that they can go to any one of those character positions that's necessary. And a good leader needs that ability. If they're really low on any one of these, they just can't even have that conversation with those sorts of people. And that can be a problem. So that's a starter for sure uh, with those, getting that understanding of the balance. And yet there's one other dynamic that comes in here is when people just understand their strongest characters, and I play that back to them, very often just big sigh of relief it's just like okay that's why i do things the way i do that's why i come over the way that i am actually it's a reassuring thing to say look you are unique you are special and this is kind of how it's supposed to be for people like you it's not wrong you feel judged by a bunch of other people who uh, aren't so strong in your area and, and and exist where your weaknesses may lie but actually you're fine you're good. You're you really are unique, and and celebrate that, and that that can be very liberating for a lot of people too. Are there any quick tips to to help people to kind of identify what might be maybe their may their strongest archetype? Um, you know, is there a way to just say like, oh, if you do this or say this a lot, you're probably this or that? If you, yeah, so I mean, I could go through all six of them and give some some idea, and I'll give a few hints here. Um, mm -hmm. I must admit that the, the simplest way, um, the we have an online profiling tool which is totally free. Ah, okay. um, I mentioned that, if I may, because in ninety seconds you can register and you'll be shown your two strongest characters. Uh, and that can start you on your journey. And I know a lot of coaches actually sneak over there, get their <laughs> clients to do that. And then they've got almost like months of coaching available to uh, them because, uh, because it explains so much. So I can get to see all of the characters and we often go into personal uh, consultations around those so I can look at the weaker ones and describe that conversation with them. But uh, just free to the public, it's teamme.app. I can mention that now. So teamme.app will get you to that free profiling tool. And that, that can give you some insights. Now, if you don't get over to there or you can't get online for some reason, um, it's a little bit more involved because you, but you can hear from people's language patterns, what it is that's most important to them. And, and, and sometimes I'll just see in people's posture um, how, how these characters are showing up. So there's right left brain types who are a little bit more symmetrical and straight, considered about things. Uh, the warrior is always in your face, pushing. <laughs> the sovereign is always basically telling people what to do and commanding. Um, so oh, just do this for me and make it so and <laughs> all that sort of stuff. Uh, and delegating because they don't want to be doing the work, but they do want control over everything else that's going on. The jesters are kind of just off the wall. Um, the sages are always looking at the numbers. And so it's like, mm, let me think. And, uh, and, and where's the proof? Give me the evidence. You know, this is Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. 
the lovers are always leaning in and empathizing and, and connecting. Connection is the most important driver for a lover. They hate conflict mm. <laughs> uh, as well. The mystics are always awfully dreamy and the warriors hate them. They just say, you, you're just nebulous, woolly. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> and so off they are dreaming about stuff that doesn't seem to apply in the real world. It can, but other people often don't think that that's the case. So that's a, a quick run across the, the characters too. Wonderful, wonderful. And for those people watching on the Facebook Live, I did uh, put in the link to the, the location where you can go and get the your assessment done. Um, so uh, uh, we need to take... I can't believe it, last time for our last break already. It, it always goes so fast. Um, but when we come back, I want to talk about um, the the using these archetypes in a group setting and, and working with people and like how do we use it when we're having to deal with people who we we kind of have an inkling are different archetypes than ourselves and, and different from each other as well. So why it's important to be versed in all the different archetypes and not just the ones we're strongest in, okay? Mm, brilliant love to go there awesome so everybody please stay tuned you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity we do this every thursday 12 noon to 1 p.m eastern right here on talkradio.nyc and all over facebook live and we will be right back after these messages Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4 p.m. every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. So, Pad, we've talked a bit about, you know, what are the major archetypes, how people can kind of use them individually to understand things. But let's let's talk about it because you also specialize in using this in a group setting, in teams, and even a corporate world. And and uh, let's say I'm I'm not a leading a team, but let's say I'm part of a team, 
And, and, and there's maybe some challenges between, I don't know, communication styles or working together. How can we use this, this idea of these archetypes to help to get the team to work better together? So when I'm parachuted in, I can sometimes just go in and watch interactions and start making, identifying what's going on. Um, but I actually use the same online tool to cheat. <laughs> and I get everybody on the department. So the leadership buy into this quite often because I'll say, um, okay, let me just do it with your kind of three people in the leadership team. I'll explain dynamics between the three of you without ever having met you. All I need to know is your general role. And then I'll explain the way you work together. Uh, once they see that, they say, hey, we need this for the whole department. So we then roll it out that way. It takes all of 90 seconds for each person in the department to enter in their, their details. And I compile that and I start looking at the, the, the graphical views and then start to interpret what I see of these characters. So you'll have some that are strong with the jester. And I'll say, OK, um, so leadership team, Jimmy, this is what happens with Jimmy. He's fine doing X, Y and Z, depending on whether it's warrior strong or his sage or his whatever so i say he's good with his numbers you know he pushes through to this point but he pretty soon gets bored he needs variety he needs breaks and actually at times he becomes disruptive because i can see his jest is like a six or a seven that's pretty strong that is going to affect the way that he performs especially if everybody else is low down because if the leadership team have got a jester of two or three they're just not even thinking of that they're more concerned about a, B, and C, they're not considering this bit. And then suddenly he goes off the wall. <laughs> it's like, right. whoa, yeah. come on, Jimmy, don't do that again. This is annoying. This is disruptive. So I'll quite often put out the jester to start with. But then we could start saying, okay, this one always wants to take action. And this one who's working alongside them is saying, no, 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 check the numbers before. We've got to look before we leap. And so I start explaining these dynamics as we have these comparisons. So for me, it's easy because it's all visually there. Uh, and I, I've just become familiar with what drives each one of these characters. And then I'll say this person in management, the sovereign's pretty low. Now, either they're just being super humble about him, or to be honest, I think they're struggling and they need that they're asking for other people's permission before they start taking control and setting direction. They probably need to step up a bit with the sovereign, the king or the queen, in order to take a greater level of responsibility, number one, and then control and direction for their team, their area. So I was working with an NHS team, the National Health Service team in um, the UK, you know, a vast organization, but they brought together a team fairly um, recently and, and some of them were flying in from the States to join. So they'd only hit the ground running in the middle of COVID when half of the oh, team wow. locked down and not even allowed to meet up with each other. And yet they were supposed to be a productive team. And the leadership said, we've got some real challenges. Um, we've got a lot of people who are sitting around kind of waiting to be told what to do when we want them to be self-starters. Um, we've got others who are picking up the baton and rushing forward and the others are, oh, should we do that? Should we do that? Should we not do that? We haven't thought this through. They're all, most of them were PhDs, so they're really intelligent people. And they also, when we did the profile, were very strong on lover. So they had a care for each other. They mm. wanted to move forward, but there was a few that was like one of the managers, super strong on warrior. It's like, uh -huh. well... Okay, uh, Fred, the, the, there's going to be some tension between you and especially these people at this level. Is that true? It's like, yeah, and this is what they think about you, whether you know it or not. And this is what you think about them, which you do know. And he's like, yeah, that's absolutely what's going on. So you can unpack these dynamics. 
after three weeks, we ran all the profiles and the warrior had gone up a step and a half for the, as an average across the whole team. So oh. everybody was taking more action. The sage, the intelligent one was the same. The lover was still the same. So they hadn't lost anything of their intelligence or their desire to connect, but mm. they'd started taking more action. And even the sovereign had moved up where some of the people lower down in the ranks actually began to own their area that much more take responsibility and then they could be trusted to move things forward and as they created that environment actually things did start moving and the comment that initially came back was not so much on the progress but actually conflicts have reduced immediately and the collaboration has increased because they now have a language to be able to talk to each other and to understand each other from this simple archetypal point of view you can tell where other people are coming from a lot more quickly once you've gone through just a little bit of training and awareness on those sorts of things. So those are the sorts of team dynamics that immediately get resolved just with this simple way of looking at things along with the, the numbers. We do bring maths in, hard numbers to very soft issues, and then you can manage it and you can start um, working with that. Brilliant, brilliant. I, I see William on the Facebook Live. He already took the assessment. He says his came out sage lead and mystic supporting. Ooh, wow. Well, that's an Einstein for you. Yeah. Um, so so, so let me ask you this, because I would love to see also how you apply it, let's say, in a family dynamic. So let's just say, you know, William's married. He has a couple of teenage kids. Like, how do, would he use this to help in the family dynamic at home? So, well, the sage mystic, First of all, you're going to be driven by facts, numbers, and the reality. It's like, what's real? Show mm -hmm. me what's real. We're going to work with the reality of the situation. And the sage has a tendency to look back at the past. Have we proven this in the past? Mm -hmm. Whereas the mystics focuses upon the future. Interesting that oh, neither of those characters is in the present, present moment. Yeah. <laughs> so in the family dynamic, if there's a strong lover present, um, mm -hmm or even a strong warrior present, both of those are focused on the present moment is kind of all there is to the lover and the warrior. Oh, I don't care what's coming up, I, it's like what's happening now. And so mm. if there is somebody strong with either of those characters, especially let's focus on the lover, um, then they may be saying, I, I need you present here, okay? Mm. Um, along with that, the sage may well be sort of ticking the boxes, getting everything like this, this is right, this is right, this is right, this is right. And the lover's going, come, I want to connect with you. It's like, <laughs> no, I'm still, I'm still making sure this is right, and this is right, and this is right. And the problem here is then the mystic's also going, ooh, and let's dream of something off in the future that we can transform and let's just transcend our situation to, to get in ourselves into a different dimension. And the lover's going, I'm here. Hello. Yeah. I'm here. So you see those sorts of things. Yeah. But I've seen it play out. Yeah, I can I can definitely empathize with William because I have a sneaking suspicion, though I haven't taken it yet. I'm probably fairly similar mystic sage, uh, maybe reverse, maybe mystic lead and sage supporting. I don't know. I'll see. I'll I'll take the assessment after the show. Yeah. Um, Excellent. So I'm just curious, is there anything in, in and we've just got a few minutes left. Is there anything in, in the way you've been working with this and applying it in different situations that you know, really surprised you about applying this system in, in either a really positive way or just in a very unexpected way? I think that the thing that, that has 
struck home most recently is something that I've mentioned, which is just how affirming it actually is mm. to recognize how you're built. Yeah. Because we can often look at profiling or, or tests and measurements and all the rest, and we feel like we've got some way to go, and it actually plays us down. It, 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 yeah. uh, it, it elevates, it highlights, should I say, our weaknesses rather than our strengths. And I think the yeah. first thing, the fact that the power profile online just shows you your two strongest characters, this is how you do life. It does yeah. mention, well, you've got to be careful that you also, you know, you may have a tendency to go to X, Y, and Z. But, but honor and celebrate A, B, and C, because it really is a life-affirming thing. We are all designed, we are, you know, with a purpose, I believe. We're not just a series of accidents. And whilst yeah. I will add that the archetypes within us are the result of both nature and nurture. The, the nurture, the environment will draw out from you um, character traits that you need in order to progress in that situation. That is definitely true. Um, uh, but, but there's also very much, it's like, well, I am who I am. And I've also got the opportunity if I want to, to grow. And it is just the case of, well, this is who you are. Back to the classic coaching question. What do you want? And I can't tell you that you need to boost your sage. It's like, I don't want to go there. Okay, cool. <laughs> and so it's, it is liberating in that way. I think that was the, the most important lesson that I hadn't really got my head around. Um, uh, when I first started to piece this model together. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, Pat, it's been wonderful having you on the show. I could talk to you about this stuff for hours. It, it's my, my, my inner archetype geek is, is like just reveling in this conversation. Um, if people want to learn more about you, get in touch with you. Um, I put out the link for the assessment, but, but how do people learn more about you? Yeah, well, we do have teamme.com as well, which just shows people the, the pathways into personal coaching. Um, coaches themselves often now will want this model as well, and we are developing that out to serve them better. Um, but there are ways to do that uh, right now that clients can uh, could go onto the system, and I can dig out data uh, which will explain things in a much greater detail. But teamme.app is actually still the best place to start. Okay. What that means is people get their own response immediately, but also mm. it means that we can start up a conversation because I'm just about to launch the Team Me Academy and anybody uh -huh. who's done the app profile will get level one for free with a series oh. of videos and worksheets and, and the, the content of the academy is will be dished up to the individual based on their profile. Mm. So there are different, there are 30 different views that, that exist for the academy. So it's all this content about the world of archetypes, how it applies, how it all makes sense. Some things we've talked about, a lot of things we haven't. And then there's an opportunity to sign up for higher levels. So anybody getting into the app now will be notified about that once it's released. We're still going through some test piloting with the platform, um, but that's a wonderful place for people to start as well. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, and I see Patty just posted on the Facebook Live. Her lead is lover and her support is mystic. See, I got a bunch of mystics listening to my show. Yeah, that well, was... with, with, with the word conscious in the front end of, of the title, <laughs> you're going to get that, no doubt. Right. Well, Pat, thank you so, so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate you coming in and taking the time out of your busy schedule to be on the show and, and joining us from across the pond. Um, I wish you well, and I just want to thank you, my loyal listeners, for tuning in with us. I hope you got a lot out of today's show and you've enjoyed it. Um, don't forget, if you missed any part of the show and you need to catch the replay, you can find us. It'll be posted 
posted on talkradio.nyc in about 24 hours. And you can find us on all of the major podcasting platforms, Apple, Stitcher, Google, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Amazon, just everywhere. Um, so please, if you enjoyed it, share this video. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Oh, I appreciate the applause on the Facebook Live. Patty, William, thank you for joining us. Pat, you take care. And I will talk to you all next week. Fabulous. Thank you so much. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.